You are listening to episode 57 of the Take the Reins podcast with Nikki Porter. Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. friends. Welcome back to the Take the Reins podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Porter. And today's episode is inspired by the fact that I have been thinking greatly and at length about trust and respect in my human and horse relationships more and more lately. So I decided to go back to what I had written in The Conscious Communicator And as I reread it, it was interesting because I read it, purposefully read it as if it was not my own writing and I needed the reminders. So as I was planning this episode, I thought to myself, if I needed these reminders and I was the one who wrote the words, likely those of you who are listening, even if you've read the book, likely could use these reminders as well. So I'm going to read to you an excerpt from The Conscious Communicator, my book published in 2000 and late, late 2018. I think I received this book in my hands the very last day of 2018, which was pretty special. So that's the plan for today. But before I get into things, I want to just say, I hope you're doing well. I know that, you know, life is still feeling very um, foreign in some ways where we're still trying to navigate this new world of restrictions and concern and I hope you're doing well and if you do need someone to talk to, Um, I hope you know that you can always reach out. All right, so here we go. This is an excerpt from The Conscious Communicator, The Pursuit of Joy and Human Connection Inspired by the Art of Horsemanship, written by none other than your host, me. (laughs) All right, Foundation of Trust and Respect. All bonds are built on trust. Without it, you have nothing. Unknown. When interacting with horses, the most successful partnerships come from a foundation of trust and respect. I believe this is true with people as well. Trust and respect come from clear, authentic, and empathetic communication. 
How we build relationships with people based on trust and respect is both complex and yet simple. There are many factors which help us establish trust and respect in every type of relationship we have, including intimate relationships, friendships, business, partnerships, parent-child relationships. Clear and conscious communication is key to building and maintaining trust and respect in all of our relationships. It is essential that we understand what happens in our relationships where true trust exists. Trust means that you believe you can depend on someone, you have confidence in them, and you feel safe with them both emotionally and physically. Trust eliminates the fear of mistreatment, betrayal, and judgment. Also, trust allows a space for vulnerability honesty, and growth, which creates sustainable relationships and makes us happier people overall. Happiness, after all, is a skill that can be learned. Studies have shown that people who consider themselves to be happy have genuine habits, and one of those includes paying attention to their relationships. We must pay attention and create deliberate habits that prioritize and nourish our connections with others. Here's the kicker. Quality relationships with others also require us to have a quality relationship with ourselves. It is vital that we focus inward and recognize our our self-talk. Without trust and respect for ourselves, we cannot truly build healthy relationships with others because we will have unclear intentions and doubt instead of communicating from a place of self-love and mindfulness. How we communicate with ourselves affects how we interact with others. When we treat our relationship with ourselves with as much respect and trust as we expect with others, we communicate from a whole new level of love and confidence. While writing this book, I connected with a friend online who seemed to be in the same stage of growth as I was. See, she suggested I read the book by Brene Brown she thought I would love. While I read the book, I had revelation after revelation, which brought so many emotions. I found myself nodding as her words seemed to be shaped around how I was feeling and what I needed to hear precisely at that moment. Brene Brown breaks down the anatomy of trust in her book, Braving the Wilderness. I was listening to the audiobook while I revised my manuscript, and I found myself scrambling for a pen and paper to jot down Brown's acronym, BRAVING. My mind flew to this chapter, and I knew what I had learned from Brave in the Wilderness had to be added. Brown's book was life-changing for me. Here is a breakdown of Brown's acronym. BRAVING. B. Boundaries, having my own and respecting yours. R, reliability, being reliable and authentic, real. A, accountability, I take ownership of my mistakes, apologize, and make amends. V, vault, I will not share what is not mine to share. No gossiping, respect confidentiality. I, 
integrity, courage over comfort, practicing my values, not only professing them. N, non-judgment, asking for what we need and feel without judgment. G, generosity, believing the best of intentions from others, not victimizing myself. Now, that is paraphrased, just a reminder. Brown's acronym applies to trusting yourself and others. It is important to note that we cannot expect from others what we do not give to ourselves. It is imperative that we learn to treat ourselves with the same expectations we place on others. When we do this, our expectations come from a place of experience, understanding, and compassion. Brown truly said it best when she said, If you find yourself in struggle with trust, the thing to examine first, how you treat yourself. Throughout this book, we'll be looking at individual practices to help us communicate clearly with ourselves and with those around us that aid in promoting, establishing, and maintaining a healthy relationship. Your confidence will soar with the ability to approach life from a place of inner power and control rather than one of misplaced emotion and impulse. Lower stress is another benefit of maintaining healthy relationships and interacting daily from a place of consciousness. The emotional chaos that results from stress can make our daily lives overwhelming and can negatively impact our physical health. Learning how to become more mindful in our interactions will help to alleviate stress that does not need to exist. Stress is a biological and physiological response experienced when we encounter a threat which we feel we are unable to deal with. We need a, we need a level of stress to keep us alive. Crippling stress, however, is not limited to life-threatening situations. Often, we feel like we are unable to deal with a situation because our automatic thoughts, the first thoughts we have in that moment, tell us that it is so. When we begin to change our unconscious thought to conscious thought, we begin to reduce stress because we approach situations logically rather than from a place of displaced anger, unhealthy internal dialogue, or exaggerated emotional reaction. We are our own worst enemies. When we become prisoners of our thoughts, we perceive as always true. We need to challenge our learned and conditioned way of thinking to rise to a deliberate and meaningful thought process which allows us to live in a happier state of being. The increased optimism, which comes from trusting and respecting ourselves and others, is empowering and contagious. Our new approach of intentional interaction with our own thoughts and the people around us will enhance our control of our lives in a way we perhaps never experienced. We will feel less taken advantage of and more valued. We will feel less manipulated and more appreciated. When we become more optimistic, we create our lives rather than react to it because we are in control of our thoughts our responses, and our decisions. We gain a new sense of power that others will notice. This new approach brings a feeling of lightness and freedom 
because there isn't a weight of unnecessary worry, resentment, and self-doubt. The concepts discussed in this book all aid in conscious, clear, and empathetic communication to build trust and respect and allow healthy relationships to develop and flourish. Mindfulness. As important as it is that I explain common terms such as trust and respect, I also want to clarify what I mean when I use the words mindfulness and mindful in this book. As a reader, I'd like you to understand these terms reference a conscious awareness that we can include in our daily lives when we interact with others for pleasure and business. Therefore, I'm not referring to the practice of meditation, although I highly recommend you learn the meditative skill because it can also bring you closer to your quest for a mindful and happier life. In this book, mindfulness, as I refer to it, is being able to see situations in life more clearly. Mindfulness is being present in each moment. A great mantra that I heard and have used is, be here now. I first heard this while I was in a workshop on mindfulness put on by Cindy O'Donnell, hosted at her spa, Keeney Wellness. I was drawn to this particular event because it was it was being hosted at a spa that included float pods, and I was very curious about what the concept of floating would be like. Through my curiosity about practicing of flo- about the practice of floating, I attended her mindfulness workshop with my sister. It was perfect timing for me because throughout the event, Cindy spoke about so many things that I have been learning about the months in the months prior. The mantra Cindy used connected my want to practice mindfulness daily to the actualization of it. If you have not heard of what a mantra is exactly, it's a word or phrase which is repeated. Repeating a mantra is a great way to begin controlling our thoughts rather than our thoughts controlling us. Repeating be here now shifts our consciousness to the present moment and helps us be to be more mindful. One of the best definitions of mindfulness in tune with how I use it in this book is mindfulness creates a space, a pause in which you can respond considerately to situations rather than react. The new breakthroughs in neuroscience show that by practicing mindfulness, the brain can be shaped for greater happiness, love, wisdom, and greater emotional balance in turbulent times, as well as healthier relationships, more effective actions, and greater peace of mind. I like this definition of mindfulness because the term mindfulness evokes a meaning which it actually is not. Mindfulness makes us think our mind should be full. However, it should be the opposite. Mindfulness offers space in our minds by taking control of the continuous, non-productive thoughts which ramble on and prevent us from responding consciously and effectively. To be mindful in communication with horses and humans, we must listen and speak with kindness, compassion, and awareness. Mindful communication takes practice and demands a level of self-awareness. Words hold so much power, and when we use them carefully and deliberately, we have the ability to positively affect 
our own lives, and the lives of so many others. To truly be successful using the concepts outlined in this book, it's helpful to offer tips to help guide our thoughts toward more mindful communication. These are the tips to inform the practices which will help us become more successful as we create and maintain the best relationships possible with those we love. 1. Listen to hear. Approach conversations with an open mind and listen to hear rather than to respond. Do not try to manipulate a conversation to go in a specific direction. Allow your response to be dictated by what the other person says, not in the direction you would like it to go. A great way of doing this is trying to take I out of your responses. If you listen to hear the other person, you have a better chance of responding with empathy and compassion and will begin to relate to them as we versus I. This approach is what prompted me to write this book from the perspective I have. I use I and you when needed. However, I stick to we as much as possible. I'm not pointing a finger at you as a reader and saying you must change or you must become more mindful. I'm saying we because mindfulness is a skill and every suggestion that I pass along to you, I also have to practice daily to maintain. Another skill to practice is to listen without thinking. Do not think of your response while the person you are listening to is speaking. Simply listen to learn. It is very similar to listening to an audiobook or professor offering a lecture. When we listen to learn and not to respond, we reflect after we hear the information and do not try to impose our own opinions or sway the speaker to another direction. I should just insert here that this is definitely uh, something that I work on daily and the listening to hear and listening to learn is something that I am conscious of with myself and have to continually remind myself of because I catch myself in the habit of listening to respond versus listening to learn. Okay, back to it. Number two, speak softly. By softly, I do not necessarily mean with the quiet tone of your voice, yet that can be a factor. The first chapter delves deeply into the concept of softness. Nevertheless, as a preemptive note, being soft is being mindful of how we speak to others. We do not speak to win. We speak from a place of thought and truth. 3. Be present. Being present means we are able to be mindful in our response to situations. We do not let negative personal experience or feelings get in the way of our understanding. We are rational in our response and communicate with an open and honest heart and mind. Working with horses has taught me the importance of presence. Horses never think of the future. They respond in the moment only. We, as human beings, live in a world that lacks presence. We praise multitasking and working today for the future we want tomorrow, rather than building a happy life today, one that will result in a happy future. We must be careful not to put pressure on ourselves to set a goal to be perfectly mindful at all times, starting now. If we set such a lofty goal, we will set ourselves up for failure. 
And because of the unrealistic goal, we can count on us feeling less happy and quite disappointed in ourselves. We are embarking on a journey to create new habits in our communication that will lead to a happier life. Let's set ourselves up for success rather than failure. Start small and remember, consistency is key to creating new habits. If we decide that as of now, we are going to be mindful every minute of every day, we will not build confidence. Instead, let's take it one interaction at a time, one conversation, one flip off by a stranger, one confused look from our spouse at a time. We should take the time to notice our thoughts throughout the day and practice non-thought. When we are free of thinking is when we will find the space to pause, and little by little, we will claim our control and happiness. We will set small goals and throughout this book be encouraged to complete mindful exercises that offer insight and reflection on ourselves and our relationships. Intention We cannot discuss mindfulness without also touching on intention. I have come to believe that intention is one of the biggest contributing factors in our success with everything we do. This book shows how our intentions affect our communication. As with the other concepts I share and explain in this book, the awareness of how intention affects the connection between horse and human came before I ever applied it to relationships with people. The fact that horses communicate and understand a great deal through body language beyond what humans can likely fathom shows its importance. I was listening to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday podcast one day while cleaning the barn, and I had a breakthrough moment. She was explaining, along with the help of other incredible forward thinkers, the importance of intention. I thought, yes, This is why so many people I work with are having so much trouble communicating with their horses. I took a moment to think and clarify what I had just realized. And from that point on, I tried to apply it to my own life and the people around me. With each success, the true importance of intention became more apparent to me. When I work with other people's horses, I often bring them into a round pen. This is a smaller pen, commonly 50 feet in diameter. I allow the horse to be loose with me in the pen, and I start by adding soft pressure to have the horse look at me, and through that, I begin to create a connection. Quite often, I have found horses who hide. They seem to shut their eyes to my pressure and body language. They will sometimes respond by by stopping their feet, resulting in the horse standing still by the, by the rail with their head turned away from me or by running by me, another way to ignore me. I always find this interesting because I am not teaching them something new in the round pen. I am simply using body language to communicate that they can trust me. What I find most intriguing is that they have stopped trusting their own instincts so much that it becomes a learning process for them to see that my pressure and release matches what they think my intentions are. Horses who are handled by people whose pressure and release do not match their intentions become defensive, confused, and frustrated. Oftentimes, riders will confuse horses by not releasing their pressure at the right time, or sometimes not at all. 
Horses treated this way stop trusting their incredible gift of reading the subtlest body language and resort to answers they have learned might take the pressure off instead, like ignoring their handler, overreacting, or acting aggressively. They do this because when they trusted their instinct in the past and responded to the body language of the handler, the pressure and release did not match the perceived intention and they were punished as a result. An example of this would be someone asking their horse to simply go faster. The horse responds appropriately to the pressure and quickens their pace. The rider, who may be a little green or new, then grabs the reins and pulls the horse to a stop. Unfortunately, the release to the horse happens as the horse stiffens, throws its head in the air, and slams its feet into the ground in a very uncomfortable stop, teaching the horse to brace and stop poorly in the future. Another scenario I have seen is a rider who asks their horse to do something without being present enough or aware enough to acknowledge the horse's effort to find the correct answer. As a result, the ask and the rewarded answer do not match. This happens most often when the person who is handling the horse is unclear of their intention. They settle for the responses the horse offers because they are nervous or unsure, and their pressure either quits too soon or never quits. For our communication to be clear and for others to truly trust us, our actions, words, and intentions have to match and be consistent. When others perceive our intentions as one thing, yet we do things to contradict those intentions, trust is impossible. Just as horses learn not to trust the intentions of their humans due to confusing communication, humans are just as easily defeated. I think this is something we all need to work on. If we do not know our intentions 100% or the intentions others believe we have, our actions and our words may not match. This is a fast track for miscommunication, which creates problems in our relationships. When we enter into relationships of all kinds, we should know our intentions and be sure that our actions and words communicate those intentions clearly. If we meet someone and we intend to form a non-romantic relationship with this person, our actions must match our intention for this person to trust us. I see young people in relationships who are confused by the status of their relationship because their partner's actions and words conflict with what the other person believes their intentions are. I hear stories of girls and guys who get their hearts broken because they learn that the person they were pouring their time, energy, and feelings into had no intention of a serious relationship. And yet, their words actions, and body language up to that point communicated that they did. These conflicting experiences, along with many others, create doubt and mistrust. Clear communication is also fair communication. It is not fair to intend one thing and communicate something else. Respect tends to follow trust. It is when we can trust that someone is true to their word and that they mean what they say that they are worthy of our admiration, trust, and our respect. Both trust and respect are difficult to achieve or maintain when we send mixed signals. The key to clear communication is being mindful of our intentions when we interact with others, human or animal, and be true to them in how we communicate. 
In order for us to know what we intend, we should take the time to think and feel so we can be clear on what we truly aim for. Our intentions get picked up on through our body language and our energy. We can communicate this clearly by being present in our bodies and responding in the moment rather than responding based on past experiences, current fears, or hopes for the future. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind. Thank you.